Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. And my name is Scott Conn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. So David, we talked last time all about the soda water. Soda water. Not soda water, but soda water. It's very different. Very, very different. Don't confuse them. One is bubbly, and one has, could have catastrophic results. Yes, so do not drink the wrong one by mistake. The soda water was that which was used in order to determine whether a potentially adulterous woman actually was guilty or innocent, and it involved the name of God being erased into that water. We see an example where the name of God is used in order to declassify otherwise classified information. The name of God was on a piece of parchment and then erased in the Sota case. And in the Urim Vitumim, we have the name of God that's written on a piece of parchment. That's how I'm defining Urim Vitumim. And it was placed in the high priest's breastplate. And it was used, apparently, from what we see from the verses, as a means of obtaining information from God, whether I should be doing something or not. The Holy Spirit. And the way it was revealed is through the Holy Spirit. Correct, Ruach HaKodesh. Yeah. I've been listening. Very nice, Scott. There is another case in the Bible that we use a means to receive information. One of the issues we need to address before going in-depth of what the Orantum actually did and functioned as... How can we even have something like an Urim Vitumim if it seems to be violating a law in the Bible that you're not supposed to be dealing with? Divination and predictive magic. After the podcast, can you do me a favor and read my palm? <laughs> Just because I'm a priest doesn't mean I will show you all of my priestly powers. Oh, I save it for my family. Leviticus chapter 16, Scott. This is the famous Day of Atonement service. If you remember, if you go back to your forefathers... One of your forefathers was doing the service, Scott, because you're from the priestly family. That's right. You had two goats. They both were in the temple, and then there were lots drawn. One said, for God, Lashem, and the other one said, for Azazel, which is an interesting word. It's very difficult to know how that's translated. Let's just say that the high priest would put his hands on that goat, confess the sins of Israel, and that goat would be sent off with somebody into the wilderness and pushed off a cliff. And somehow, along with that, came atonement for all of those sins to the people of Israel. This goat that's thrown off the cliff, Scott, symbolizes the nation's sins. Correct. And through that, what happens, Scott? Through the goat being pushed off the cliff and dying, the nation of Israel obtains absolution for these sins. This goat, literally or symbolically, I don't know, but somehow held all of its sins within it, so to speak. It's a symbol. A symbol of the sins of Israel, by killing this goat, we are also granting atonement to Israel. So we're using something to achieve something else, just like we use with the Sota. We're using God's name, erasing it into the water to achieve what? Whether or not the person committed infidelity or not. And if it didn't, fine, nothing happens to the woman. If she did, then unfortunately she would die a horrible death. Over here, we use the goat as a means to grant forgiveness to the nation of Israel. And according to Jewish tradition, the goat had on it a piece of wool. And the second half of that same piece of wool was tied into the temple itself. When the goat was pushed over the cliff, that piece of wool, which was originally red in the temple, by Jewish tradition turned white. As it says in the first chapter of Isaiah, your crimson sins will become white as snow. 
So this was a symbol of Israel obtaining atonement, and it's God himself granting that and telling us, probably through the Holy Spirit once again, that we're receiving this absolution. So what we see is you're using other devices, other means to obtain information. Once again, very interesting. We have not yet related it, though, to the Urim Vitumim. Correct. I don't want you to think that we're involved in magic that's off the books. The Torah prohibits using magic and divination, but obviously we see from these other cases it does not mean that there's no prophetic information, there's no information obtained through the Holy Spirit through Ruach HaKodesh. It means that there is information that can be obtained, but only if we use the proper methodology. If we use the methodology that God himself allowed and commanded, then it's no longer prohibited. It's actually a mitzvah, a commandment. Correct. My name is David Nekretman. My name is Scott Kahn. And blessings from Jerusalem. Jerusalem.